0: you guys okay i am here on trailer cast today i am elise snipes and i am thinking about the duality of embodiment so i'm going to break that down (laughs) here's what's going on there's this book that's been and become extremely popular the body keeps the score it is such a phenomenal, also super dense read for people that are wanting to understand more about the physiological connection physiological connection of trauma, how our body stores memories, how our body keeps things that are sometimes outside of the reach of our, our brain's memory or the things that we can just recall on the spot. And there's been this amazing opening in the field where people are getting more in touch with the things that they have been keeping in their body that presents as physical illness, presents as fatigue, presents as pain. Um, it's, it's fascinating to see that this book has become a bridge as well between the psychological community and the medical field, because our pain can often present, our, our memory, our experienced pain can often present as physical illness. And so this book does just amazing things to show us how our body has held this for so long. And if you haven't read the book, then you might also already be familiar with just people talking about it and how there's been a greater awareness of people realizing that our body also holds memory. And I think that this is true. <laughs> that's, not, that's good. This is not an argument against that. But what I think is also happening is that we are eclipsing that our body holds trauma without also holding that our body also holds resilience. And so the thing that our body remembers is not only pain, but also power and beauty and overcoming and a time when I did it and I and I made the winning shot and I aced the test and I landed the job and I, and I left my abusive relationships and I set the boundary and I figured it out, and and so that's what I want to dive into today is I want us to begin to make room that our body holds it all, and so a practice that I want to kind of lead you through is let's get, let's get aware of them both. So if you're driving, I would encourage you to maybe not <laughs> listen to this podcast at this exact time or this specific episode. Um, but if you're not, I would do a couple of things. One, I'd probably get out a piece of paper and see if you want to take some notes and, or just get comfortable so you can pay attention to the information your body wants to give you when we think about the way we feel and we think about our body and the information that it wants to give us it doesn't always come in words right because our body doesn't actually think it doesn't it's not a brain so the body's way of communication might be in the form of sensation so instead of huh my stomach says it's feeling sick no it doesn't your stomach is, is Gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. Sinking, hollow, burning, uh, twisting, sharp, dull, ache, black, tar, gush, ugh, yeah, ugh. Right. That's that is how your body is going to give you a picture, or a sensation, or a feeling of how it's doing, of what it is experiencing, and it's information. When we receive information, we don't judge the information, we receive it, we accept it, we hold it, we realize that we've been delivered some mail, and then we just have the mail. We don't say, this is bad mail, this is bad, bad information, okay? The things your body offers you does not need a heaping portion of shame. What will happen is the way in which your body wants to inform you will say, cool that sucked so i'm gonna go ahead and not instead I'll just like wage war inside of you and go ahead and give you a bunch of like really other a bunch of other things like ibs and ulcers and migraine headaches like right like if we if we ignore what the body is sharing with us the body doesn't just say that didn't work the body says fine i'll i'll it will hurt elsewhere i'm trying to help you out i'm trying to integrate i'm trying to show you where it hurts so we can deal with it Sometimes we have experiences like, um, you can think back on your own history like this, A, a moment where like the pressure was on you and you can go back as far into your childhood or your lived experiences as you want, but the pressure was on you. Whether it was, I was like, I was up to bat and it was two strikes, three balls. And there was a moment where I knew that I had to land this next pitch, right? It doesn't have to be big T trauma. That could just be a moment where I felt like, everyone's watching me and they're all going to see me either fail or knock this ball out of the park. And when you think about, when I think about (laughs) that exact memory for myself, I think about where do I feel that in my body? Where do I remember that? And body, what do you have to share with me, show and help me understand that experience more? I feel my face get hot because it got hot that day. The pressure of everyone watching me, a tightness in my chest as I think about like, shit, man, this is up to, it's going to happen here and now, or it won't. And then I the grip on the bat. And then the next sensation that happens is when you, we used to have metal bats, okay? And so we would, I can remember connecting with the ball, but when I connected with the ball, I hit it as hard as I could, and it sent a shock, a reverberation through my hands and all the way up my elbows into my shoulder, like electricity. And so that's also a part of the memory. And then a release in my chest because I, I I did it. I get it. I hit it. Okay. That is an example of information that our body gives us with the memory. It's not a flat picture. It's not a senseless time. It was a sensual time. There was physical memory and, and emotional, and it was connected to people. And and I know I was on the San Clemente High School backfield, the girls' softball field, and I ended up hitting the ball directly into the bathroom at so the back end of the field. <laughs> like, it's, I know exactly where that memory is. And so in that memory, there's actually the whole story. I have both the before, the intensity, the trauma of pressure. And I say trauma is in little t, as in like, this. I was really nervous. This memory sticks out to me. I did not like feeling watched or everyone to watch me in that situation. That felt and still feels exposing to me. But there was also the memory of of doing it, of actually being the the batter that hit the ball. And that is also located in my body. And so when I ask my body, like where else does that live? Where does that experience remain true? Then I also experience that in this this for me, what it comes in is like this, um, it's like my spinal column gets bigger and stronger and sturdier, and it connects from like my very, very base of myself all the way up to the crown of my head. And it tends to feel like it's like a lightsaber, like it's like a light bar. And that, that is my resilience. That is when the good things have been true. And it is also a part of my story. And it is also what my body remembers. Where this is going is this. When we are in moments of extreme fear or calamity or COVID-19, when we are in the midst of global pandemic. What tends to happen is our primary lived experience of anxiety or depression or franticness or stuckness or whatever your story is right now, is that trauma gets up and the volume goes up and it's activated and our body remembers. So you might feel stress in your body. You might feel pressure in your gut or uh, heaviness in your chest. I'm, you answer that for yourself. Where do you feel the pressure of the coronavirus in your body? And a way that you can do that is if you were to imagine that you would, um, there's like a TSA agent, right? <laughs> we're going to scan head to toe. And I'm going to bring that scanner first to the top of your head and notice if you have any sensation. And that sensation could be anything. And you're going to go scan head face, ears, mouth, voice, neck, chest, heart, shoulders, armpits, heart, sternum, stomach, skin, gut, pit of stomach, hips, booty, private space, thighs, skin, knees, calves, Ankles, feet, tops of feet, bottoms of feet, toes, arms, elbows, wrists, hands, fingers, scan, and take your time and see what's there. Sometimes this takes us practice to drop into our body like this. And you might be thinking like, at least what kind of sensation am I looking for? And I would say anything other than blank on the line, right? So numbness is a feeling. I often feel that. I with my um, proprioception and my history of paralysis, there's times where I'm like I, I feel a fuzziness on my skin where I'm like I know it's there, but like it, it's kind of a blurred reality. So you might feel sensations. Like oh my stomach gurgled. It can come in the form of heat. It can come in the form of substance. You might have a color pop up. You might have a memory pop up. Um, you might get a word or a message, you might see a person, it might, be, it might be like a tactile substance, like I feel tingly or I feel like there's dark tar. Um, when we think about giving language to the sensations of our body, it is typically in something that feels like an experience. And I moved my hands like I was playing with Play-Doh, right? Like it's some, there's something. And so as you continue to play with that as an exercise... I want you to continue to be in the practice of what it is like to be aware of and in touch with the male, my body, is trying to deliver me. And then what we do when I say like we're in this heightened experience is we tend to only tune into that. That my main experience, my dominant experience is one of heightened anxiety where I feel like other people might be potentially dangerous or they feel like it's possible I will get sick. I might slip into scarcity, fear. I might want to retreat. I might want to obsess or fixate. I might have a desire for control. I might feel totally out of control and engage in, in reckless and uncontrolled behavior. Right? We, we span the spectrum, you guys, because of our, our previous experiences to now. And when all that's hot, when all that's up, we can be overly aware of the way our body remembers every other time when we have felt Panicked? You know, fill in the blank. Stuck? Scared? Afraid? Paranoid? Unable? Just that? Exasperated? Overwhelmed? Alone? Isolated? Mad? Destroyed? Okay? So it's compounding. We are not only holding the right now reality, we are also holding a daisy chain of every other time we have ever been in a situation like this. And now we are holding like a compounded trauma, not only now, but all the other things like this close to this, you know, our brain lives by association. It is how we learn this is a flower. Our daisy is a flower, is a rose, is a violet, is a <laughs> whatever, right? And I, and I begin to understand that all these things go in this box. And The more that I learn, I start to put the things in the boxes. And that is how I gain mastery over my environment. We do the same things. We collect memories of pain or we collect memories of, again, anxiety, depression, fill in the blank. It is our remembering. And that is on overdrive right now when we are in trauma and chaos. The main point of this, before we go into collective despair, is again, this is not the only thing your body knows. It is not the only thing your body remembers. Your body has very vivid memories of when you have also hit the home run. So what I want you to do is my hypothesis is you're already aware of when you feel anxious and what that feels like. And what we spend less time in because it's getting eclipsed, or it's is the the way in which I feel like I can take up all my space. And so, what I want you to think about, and there's a couple of ways to do this. Is one, I want you to, to just to f- start here and float back into spaces where you were the victor when you when you overcame something. It could be something. I mean you guys literally, like some of, the, some of the memories that come to mind for me was like when I remembered all the 50 states and their capitals, okay? I'm not, it doesn't always have to be a home run. It could just be a moment where I'm like, I did it, okay? I also have like the big ones. It, for me, it was the time I'm in a hospital. I am paralyzed from the waist down. I've been told I will never walk again. I'm living in a rehabilitation unit, learning how to live in a wheelchair. My physical therapy consists of practicing, pretending, learning how to wiggle, my left big toe. Okay. I'm in college. I have like big plans for my life. And now my life has been reduced to learning how to wiggle my big toe. And I don't know if it was weeks, a month into this experience where I, I, I don't know how to describe it. Lightning struck and it took and my toe moved because I wanted it to. That moment to me is one of the most victorious moments of my life. It happened. It happened. And where I feel that is like lightning from the top of my head down to that left big toe. I feel it so strong on my left side. It was like, yes, there. Okay. So you might have big moments like that, or you might have the micro moments of remembering the 50 states and their capitals, but span the bandwidth. Remember the moments when something big happened positively because of you, okay? Not to you, because of you. Reach for the times in your life when you overcame, when you did it, when you nailed it, when you landed it. Come up with that. Make a list, write it down, remember whatever suits you. And then the same thing, identify. What do you notice in your body? Where's your body being like, hey, that lives here. That moment, it's here. It's in your right hand when you threw the pitch. It's in your gut when you felt like, yeah, I did it. Um, It's in your cheeks because you can't stop smiling. Pay attention, scan your body, go head to toe again. Think about where resilience lives within you where power lives within you, where overcoming lives within you. That is a true experience. That is a true story within you. My encouragement to you is this. If if you have not located that, pause this podcast and spend some time looking into every single corner of your body to find out where that lives. You have it. You have moments where something has happened because of you and your goodness. And I don't care if that is in your pinky toe. Pay attention to where the truth lives. Your body also remembers this. Our job is to remember that we can hold both. We tend to think that it's one or the other. We live in that duality. I'm anxious. Okay, how about I'm anxious and well-resourced. I'm afraid and I know what to do. I feel alone and I can call Aaron, right? I can have both. My body can remember both the panic and the power, the chaos and the connection, our body holds it all. And so I, I want you to live into that experience that we can have both at the same time. It is not one or the other. The body will help you remember that you indeed are good and capable and resourced and available and beautiful and brilliant and powerful in your own right. And you know how to do hard things. And then because you remember that, then you get to go ahead and do those hard things, okay? We don't just jump from being, I'm anxious, to look at me, I'm excelling. (laughs) It's like, no. The steps between there are, I honor that my anxiety and what I remember are true lived experiences. And this is my body saying, hey, 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 danger. And I can say, yeah, 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 yes, yes, okay, 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 okay. And, and, and and peace, and I've been here before, and I know what to do, and I can practice breathing. I can let someone into my experience. I can remember all the other times that I've overcome this, lived through this hardness, made a way out, and, and, and. And as I do that, the other volume starts to decrease. It has to, right? I have to be able to pay attention to both. And as I pay attention to my power and my resilience and my capacity, then the other volume has to be turned down because it's, it, it, they're both true. And so our work is to, to move between both and to see them both as male. This is both material that's coming, no judgment. When my body wants to remember, hey, Elise, hide, you're not safe. I now can say, yeah, no, I wasn't safe when this instant kicked in. At eight years old, Elise, you needed to hide. At 35, you can stay. You can stay. And I use my resourced, resilient self to parent and hold and teach and remind my anxious self that I am okay now. See, that's the thing about the way the body remembers things out or outside of time. It wants to pull you outside of time. It wants to pull you outside outside of the here and now and drag you into every other moment where it's been really hard. And so the reorienting and the repositioning of this is as you tap into your resilient self, into the the powerful, straight, well-aligned, connected, resourced human that you are, you are able to come into the here and now and and bring that whole self forward and say, hey, what is true here and now is that I lived through all that stuff. I made it. I'm over here now. And so while all of that has happened, what is happening is that I know how to apply what I have learned through every single one of those experiences so that I can be here now. So I can stay on the other side of everything that has been and live into what is actually here now. So the duality, the both and. Letting our body speak to us, being willing or at least curious to see where those experiences live. Where fear lives and hurt. Where that person and that memory pop up. And the dual experience of healing and capacity and richness and vibrancy and brilliance and practical know-how and grittiness, where that is and where that lives. And I want that to begin to eclipse the other. I hear you and I remember that I am a woman who knows what to do. I hear you and um, I'm good. I'm good. These are both true things. And so my encouragement to you is to, is to lean in to what you want to know and remember about yourself. You guys, here's the thing. It's not imagination. It's the truth. You're not imagining times when you've done well. You're remembering times when you have done well. So this isn't fantasy. It's not fiction. It's reality. It's the most real thing. And what we're doing is bringing it back into the forefront of our brain and body and saying, hey, I'm also going to hold on to this. So I want to know what came up in both of those experiences for you. I want to know where and what part of your story is the first part. What do you hold on to when panic strikes? What comes up immediately? Where does that live in your body? And then on the other side, have you ever thought about where resilience lives within you? Have you ever considered where that story reigns? What happened when you scanned head to toe? What memories came up? What did you remember? How old were you? What were you wearing? Who witnessed you? Was it recently? Is it now? Is it tomorrow? Your resilient self is alive and well. We are trying to welcome them home, them louder, them more, them bigger, them taking up all the space within you. When I feel my own light switch inside me where I'm like, ah, I'm afraid, I immediately go to, and what else is true? And where is that resilient self? And where does that river within me exist? And so may we, may we learn and, and just declare that we are going to be able to say, hey, I'm going to grab the other one. I don't know. I'm going to play with it and figure it out and identify it and, and, and make something of it. I'm going to see. I'm going to see. So if you're not a part of the TrailerCast community, I, come find us on Instagram or go to TrailerCast.com. But there's a community and we're meeting in monthly Zoom groups where we're talking about this exact kind of thing, where we go deeper into what this episode brought up for you, what questions you have, and we dialogue about ways in which we can live into some of these practices and some of this work. And the hope is that we are able to allow you to continue to put flesh on your story so that it's more than just experiences. It's more than just words coming out of a microphone or earbuds, um, but it's you and what you put on it. Thank you, as always, as always, always, always for listening. Um I feel like I don't even know if I if I could communicate as as much as I want to. What a beautiful gift this podcast is to me. It is. I feel like man, oh. <laughs> I'm just I'm at a loss for words. Thank you for being willing to listen. If there is a podcast that like speaks to you and I would love it for you to share it with someone. That is like the heart of what this work is. I want it to be for the many. And so if there's ever something that is like, oh, that that one, that hit home for me, and you think it might apply to somebody else, please share it or let somebody know. It means a lot to me that the more people that get to listen, um, the better, the better, the better. So that's where it's at. I hope that you have an incredible week. Um, and I'm, again, I just, I'm, I'm more curious now about what just happened for you and what it's like and what it's going to continue to become. So looking forward to connecting with you guys again next week. I hope you have and know you will have a both and type of week. Cheers.